Hello, thank you for listening to this podcast. My name is Stephen Cook, and this is a talk for Sunday the 22nd of May, 2022. And it's based on the passage from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 26, where Jesus is talking to his disciples at the Last Supper. This is the time of year when we start to turn our attention away from Easter and towards Pentecost. A mention of the Holy Spirit begins to appear in our readings. Jesus said, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a message for our time, isn't it? I think there are a lot of troubled hearts around at the moment. And I imagine there may be a few listening to this. How can we find peace in the midst of trouble? The Holy Spirit is most often pictured as a dove with an olive branch in its beak, a symbol of peace. And it's that connection between the Holy Spirit and peace that I want to explore with you. The Holy Spirit is trans sometimes translated comforter. I've never seen the Bayer tapestry, but I understand there's a part much beloved by preachers where a man is seen prodding some soldiers with a spear and underneath is the caption, King Harold comforteth his troops. That might be the image you have of the Holy Spirit, the one that urges us into action. It was certainly the effect Pentecost had on the early church when the frightened disciples were turned into an unstoppable force. The Holy Spirit is a disturber, an empowerer. But Jesus made the connection with peace. How does that work? Well, like a lot of good talks, this one has three points. And like all really good talks, this one has three points that all begin with P. So three points making peas. Brilliant. The first P is presence. Jesus told his disciples he was going away, but the Holy Spirit would come and would be with them forever. The post-resurrection appearances were temporary, but the coming of the Holy Spirit would be permanent. In the Great Commission, when the disciples are told to go out into the world, Jesus ends with the words, I am with you always even to the end of the age. When you're feeling sad or lonely or anxious or a failure or daunted by what lies ahead of you, the natural human reaction is to seek the presence of someone reassuring. If you're a child, it's most likely your mother or your father, maybe a grandparent or a teacher. You need someone who can tell you, it's okay, I'm here. One of the cruelest and hardest things about getting older is that those figures in your life can disappear. If you're lucky, you may have a friend in that place. If you're really lucky, a life partner. But even if those figures are not there for whatever reason, God is. Do you remember the time the disciples were in a small boat on the Sea of Galilee in a storm and they saw Jesus walking on the water towards them? Do not be afraid. It's me, said Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit is a solid and repeated promise in the New Testament. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you, God says, through the writer to the Hebrews. And he is echoing something repeated throughout the Bible. God will be our God and we will be God's people. We may walk away from God, but God will never walk away from us. When my children were small, one of our favourite books was Five Minutes of Peace by Jill Murphy, in which Mrs Large, who happens to be an elephant, desperately seeks just five minutes to be by herself and keeps getting interrupted. You may well have read it to your children or grandchildren and smiled because you know how it feels. Five minutes of peace, if only. But the reason that Jesus says that the peace he gives is not like the peace the world gives is that it's not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. We find this peace not by getting away to be by ourselves, but by recognising the presence of God with us in the midst of all the noise and distraction. Presence, I will be with you. My peace, I give to you. My second P is power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, says Jesus. Maybe this is more what we are expecting in a talk about the Holy Spirit. But what kind of power? Power can make things happen. It can command, it can dominate, it can threaten and destroy. Power can persuade or seduce. Is that what we're talking about? The effect of the Holy Spirit on those first disciples was to embolden them. Even after the resurrection, when they'd seen Jesus alive and knew something extraordinary had happened, they were locked away for fear. They had hope, they had faith, but they were afraid. When the Holy Spirit came, that fear went out of the window. The threats of the authorities, the opposition and the hardships they encountered were completely ineffective because suddenly this little bunch of fishermen and tax collectors had been turned into an unstoppable force by an injection of courage. It's not quite the same as bravery. You can be very brave, but still need this kind of encouragement. A sense in your heart that all things are possible because God is present. As you read the book of Acts, you can see that those disciples were still the same people. They still got things wrong. They still fell out with each other, but they had this unshakable conviction that Jesus was alive. And because Jesus was alive, the Holy Spirit was with them. And because the Holy Spirit was with them, all things were possible. Power, courage, belief that all things are possible. My last P is prompting. Challenging would be a better word, but it doesn't begin with P. Your friends will tell you that everything is okay and you're fine in the way you are. That's what friends are for. If you're lucky, you will have people who will listen and nod sympathetically when you tell them your troubles and will assure you that it's not your fault and you shouldn't blame yourself and that in your place they would have done the same thing. I hope you have friends like that. We all need them and I expect we would do the same for them. When you've spent a bit of time with a friend like that, the world seems a better place and we feel more at peace with ourselves. But the Holy Spirit, because God knows us better than we know ourselves, will challenge us as well as reassure us. Comfort without challenge is cosy. Challenge without comfort is stress.
It's only when we find the kind of comfort that also challenges, the kind of challenge that also comforts, that we will find growth. And that is the peace God offers, not as the world gives, but as God gives. God's challenge, God's prompting, is the result of God's purpose for us. God is never content to leave us less than we could be. God is always calling us on to be more as we are intended to be. This is not disapproval of what we are, but faith in what we can be. Prompting, a challenge, a call to be what we can be, a call to growth as a person. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you, said Jesus, to his bewildered or struck disciples. He had been their teacher. They hadn't needed to remember things because he had always been there to ask. Now things are about to change, and they are to be the teachers with disciples of their own. But God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will be with them. God's presence, first P, giving power in the form of courage, second P, and prompting them, third P, to reach their full potential. And that could have been a fourth P, but that would have been too much. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. May you know the presence, the power and the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you may also know the peace that Jesus promised. May God bless this word to us. Amen.